Hello. Hello. How you doing? Hi. What? I'm good. I'm really good. Oh, what's what? What might there be a reason why we're both doing pretty good today? I wonder. Wow. Uh, what happened I'm yesterday? What happened yesterday? We hit 1,000 streams! Drum roll claps! Yay! Yeah. We did it! We hit 1,000 streams on the podcast! I can't believe it. I know, I know. I was I, I was watching it like throughout the day. I was refreshing every now and again because I think I logged on to um the app that we use to overlook everything to make sure everything's fine and dandy i was looking at that probably like in the morning and it was on i think it was on 997 and i was like oh this could be today and then uh yeah i was in the pub at the end of the day with a friend having a little catch up just well, I went to the toilet, checked the uh, stats real quick, and so I was on a thousand. I was like, holy shit, we fucking done it. I can't see the stats, so no, I, I found out so. from Lauren, but I was just like, yes, because I was, it made me so happy because 1K was a number I never thought that, you know, we'd get to like 1K, but we have, and that's a good sign. Don't even clearly doing something right. Well, we are, yes. When the numbers kept going up at like 200, I was like, damn, that's quite impressive. <laughs> you know, because in today's society, there's a million people doing the same stuff, doing this on this social media platform. You know, getting noticed is somewhat easy on certain things, but on others, you're like lost in the mud. So I did for a while think, well, I'm glad that some people are deciding to check out our true crime podcast along with the many un other wonderful ones that there are out there they're choosing our one but i just i'm just lost for words but also not lost for words i can't thank i can't thank everyone enough yeah it's like when it starts when we obviously when i did the podcast on my own at first and it's really weird when you start by yourself because with the stats they don't actually show you stats until you have enough to warrant showing it to you so i was yeah. like Getting to that point was really nerve-wracking and it was really sometimes very disheartening because you thought you weren't doing good. And then I remember the day when the stats actually popped up and I was like, oh my god, we have enough now. Okay, that's good. And it was like like 100 or something and then it just kept on going up and up and up and up over the past like probably six months. It's just gone up rather quickly. I think at one point we're on a hundred and something and then I checked it a couple of days later and it shot up to 400 or so and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think we need to give a big round of applause to Lauren though because you started the thing. Uh, I've joined like halfway so I can't take near as much of the credit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, from when you started it and I guess from when I joined uh, I I don't think we would we uh, would have thought we'd got when uh, would have got one K streams, but we have. So yeah. thanks for listening. And uh, content's not going to stop. Now we've got one K. No, it's we're not. just going to keep pushing. The the, episode, the episode's a bit late today. Like it's still going up on a Friday, but it's happening a bit later on. And the reason why is because I had a lot of gigs to go to this week, and that that's basically it. I had a lot of gigs to go to that were already pre booked, and there just was no time. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of stuff to do today. And it wasn't even gigs I was working. It was gigs I was just going to. So I was very fucking tired. 
Yes, so as you guessed, uh, Lauren's the one that's laid it, not me. Yeah. Well, no, nah, but it's understandable. You you know she's busy, but uh, it meant that I could have time to do all the research and everything. Yes, because it is your week this week. Ah, uh, yes, it is my week. Of course, I get the episode just after we hit 1K. So either this is the make or break. This episode, we fall, oh, or God. you keep going up. I don't know. And it gets better or it gets worse. I mean, who knows? We can only but find out. But yes, uh, uh, my turn this week. And uh, I didn't really know what to do, to be honest. So I just more or less picked a case. Yeah, pure random that just came up to me. And I thought, for I, you know what? I thought it was a good idea because I always like it when I just see something and go, right, we'll do that. And just without thinking on it too much, just go with that one. Because then I find it more interesting because a couple of them, I was sitting on them and I lost interest the more I was debating. I'm like, this one or this one? But we're like, this one. As soon as I saw it, I was like, fuck it. We're doing that one. And I actually enjoyed it more. So, and I know this is one you haven't heard of or you maybe have heard of. I don't know. It's very, very recent. So, okay. uh, I don't know why. Is that maybe a theme of mine? No. But um, I should probably do a disclaimer because you don't know. But, I mean, as I've noticed, the disclaimers in mine aren't that bad. This one includes murder, but there's not any grim, gruesome details because there's other parts of this one that kind of uh, are, are inter- the interesting part in it, if you will. Um, as I've noticed, I try and pick cases where it's not just, like, the interest is how the person was... Uh, how the people were killed, as most people seem to get, like interest out of that i try and choose ones where it might be more interesting on the person themselves the uh people maybe the type of people they've they've gone for um or the people they've killed or eccentric stuff uh etc etc so today uh is the case of kenyal brown now i have no idea easy name kenyal brown uh so i won't need to butcher anything but i'm assuming you don't know anything about this Wait, let me have a look. It's recent, like 2019, 2020, 2021. Uh, oh, not 2021, sorry. Well, I say recent. Not 2019 to 2020. I said 2021 as in, like, I don't know why, but it's uh, obviously, you know, last year you might have heard of it. As though I said 2021, because you might have just saw, oh, that, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with this one. Okay, right. So we're doing the case of Kenyal Brown. So as per usual, dive right in on who is Kenyal Brown? Who the hell is Kenyal Brown? So um, Kenyal William Brown, full name, born on July 3rd, 1979 uh, in River Rouge, Michigan, USA. He was an American criminal and prime suspect in a series of murders which occurred in three cities in Wayne County, Michigan. Um, He has the nickname of the Metro Detroit serial killer. I don't know why it says Metro. This case doesn't have anything to do with the term Metro. Maybe something else, but span of crimes 2019 to 2020, so that's why it's recent and obviously located in Detroit, USA, which is in Michigan, so North USA. So, 
And it's a quite, it's quite interesting case because there's some parts in this which when I was researching it kind of really annoyed, well actually infuriatingly annoyed me as to why this case I decided to choose, which I'll explain later, because it has to do with him, let's just say, getting away. Okay. So, Kenyal William Brown was born, as I said, on July 3rd, 1979, into a large family with several brothers and sisters. He spent his childhood and youth in the city of River Rogue, Rogue which, uh, as of 2020, has a population of like 7,224. So, it's not a big place. Uh, the population had declined, actually. Because um, I know a lot of places in like Detroit and Michigan, as of recently, there's a lot of abandoned places, just towns and stuff just get run down, which is never a good sign. But he obviously attended the local River Rogue High School. And in his school years, he became a successful basketball player as he was physically capable and athletically gifted. Now, um, as you can tell, he doesn't go on to become a successful basketball player. As uh, in his teen years, he developed a drug addiction, which caused a drastic change in his personality. Uh, Don't do drugs. It's uh, never good. I mean... Drugs aren't always the cause of everything, but if you're an aspiring player in, I guess, basketball, and then you turn to drugs and your uh, sporting career goes to poop, uh, that's not good. No, no, no. Although I wouldn't know because I'm not that very sporty, but uh, I don't do drugs, so. But yes. So between... 1997 and 2019 as I'm going to explain he was arrested and in prison several times so in and out of prison seems to be a theme for this guy which isn't good no not really so in August 1997 Kenyal was arrested on charges of attacking a person with a weapon which he was given a year of imprisonment which he served at the Wayne County Prison however Kenya was released in 1998, but then again re-arrested the following March for illegal carrying of weapons and resisting arrest. So, you know, this man's already given a good sign, you know, arresting on charge of attacking a person, 1997, year of imprisonment, released the next year, and then the following March of that year gets re-arrested again. He pleaded guilty and was conditionally sentenced to four years imprisonment. But in October of 1990... Wait, hang on. What else going on there? I've, I've, I've not put the end date of that. Oh, no. Oh, 1999. Yeah, that's it. It's the uh, next year. Sorry. I wondered why. It says, 90, it says 199. No. So the next year, in October 1999, he was arrested again uh, for illegal possession of a taser and attempting to sell it. So... In the span of three years, he's been arrested three times. Jesus Christ. If that if that doesn't say enough about a person, if they've been arrested for 97, 98, and 99. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? At that stage, it's as if people are just like, life of crime is like a regular thing. I know it's not major stuff, but like, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, come on, three years in a row? Mm-hmm. So, after the arrest, 
he began to cooperate with investigators in a plea agreement, agreeing to plead guilty in exchange for testifying against other inmates so that charges against him would be dropped and he could be released. Oh Lord, have a guess. What happens in September 2000? Oh, oh God, I've got, I don't know. Did he go, did he go, did he go to the fair? Did no, he, did he, he didn't. Did he Can... candy floss? Ken, Ken, you'll round goes to the fair. End of story. He had a good time when all the rides end of. Never, no, never man, committed a crime again. We don't know why we're telling the story. Yes, this man is fucking knob. So in September of 2000, drum roll please. No, no, I can't do that. Yeah. Kenyal was arrested for drug possession and attempted Woo! to sell them. But Whoa, was Kenyal. released. He was released yet again after he provided some information on crimes committed in the county. So for some reason, if you just tell the place of other crimes that happened in the county, oh yeah, they will issue. Isn't that how 6 9 got away with shit? I think so. I mean, I don't know what it's like for drug. Oh, that's gotta Yeah, no, that's gotta be a thing. Well, I don't know what drug laws are like in uh, Michigan. I know drug laws are different in each state, but I don't know exactly because, you know, there's 52 states. Each law different. I'm not gonna remember all that. I mean, we've got some silly laws over here, but. We got some silly yeah. laws that we kind of just forgot about, but they're technically still a thing, but everyone's kind of just forgotten about them at this point. So you don't get in trouble. Is uh, Did you see the video that I think you might have? Did you ever see the one of Uber Butler where he just broke old laws in public, but no one really did anything? I think so, yeah. The one where it's it was something to do with, like, a rag? Oh, you, like, a you, you, got, you can't um, get dirt off of, of a rug. After seven and after seven a.m. or before seven a.m. Yes. Yeah, something, some weird crap like that. And I was like, that's actually still a thing as well. It's, it's, got, it's I'm gonna go do that in the morning. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna I'm, get in I'm, trouble. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not. I was gonna, I was gonna get up a bit later tomorrow, but you know, fuck that. I'm gonna get up at like five to seven, grab my rug and just whack it off my balcony. And I'm just going to see you running. Oh, shit, it's the Rosas. Run! Yeah, <laughs> it's just going to be on the on the BBC News like later on that night where it's just there like, woman arrested after wafting rug on balcony. <laughs> Good evening. What the hell is going on in Manchester? Oh, God knows. Fucking God knows what's going on in Manchester. <laughs> if, everything, if every fucking news... Like show started off with what the hell is going on in Manchester? You'd be sat there you know for what? fucking days. There'd it's, be it's, something. it's like fucking like oh it's turning to Walking Dead on in Chinatown again as soon as it's two a.m. Everyone's on spice. Everyone's 2 fucked. You can you can smell weed in Piccadilly Gardens. The police are there. They don't give two flying fucks. They they don't care anymore. They're out of it. They, no one, on every corner. There we got they've got our version of Cecil Hotel, another shite has happened in that. No one goes near it because it's <laughs> fucking dodgy as fuck. Uh Market Street, there's some busker who's probably gotten beaten up by, by someone who's getting sick of buskers, which to be fair, they, they should No be more up. oasis. Oh god, I'm sick of buskers in town because everyone some right. Off topic. But when there's a busker in Manchester Mark on Manchester Market Street, it's always on fucking Market Street because it's very fucking busy twenty four seven. And when there's Christmas markets on there, like right now, it's a pain in the ass to get through it. And 
every single time there's a busker on there, and this is to any cunt that might be from Manchester or visits Manchester that does this shit. Stop making a gigantic fuck-off circle around the busker that is not fucking necessary. It's so annoying because you're blocking the way to get down the pain-in-the-ass Market Street, which is already a cunting pain-in-the-ass to the fucking first place. But you've made this massive right. fuck-off circle, and then you give me dirty looks when I walk through it because I thought you've gone in front of the busker. You need to show respect to the busker. No, I fucking don't. No fucking save, save the anger for Kenyal Brown. You're venting your anger. <laughs> save the anger for Kenyal Brown. Oh, I'm, always, I'm always angry about Market Street. I get a glimpse of it and I'm like, oh, fuck that place. See, I'm laughing while saying his name because this is not just a cunt. You need to save your anger for him. So, well, it's good to give you venting that out. But um, <laughs> back to what we said, I don't know what laws are like. But yeah, he's arrested for drug possession and sentenced to sell it. But gets released after he provides information on crimes committed in the county. Don't fucking know why. It's silly of me. But then, in February 2001, oh dear. Well, you've guessed it. He became the cause of an accident, during which one person died and another was seriously injured. He tried to flee the crime scene. As you do when you're in a crash. The first thing you do is flee. Yeah, it's definitely the first thing you do. Was arrested soon after and charged with second-degree murder. Resisting arrest, intentionally inflicting moderate injury resulting in death, Driving without license and illegal weapons possession. Fuck he was convicted man. and received 10 years imprisonment, but was paroled in 2010. They need now, to stop letting him out early because he clearly just like That's probably pissed him off because he clearly just likes having like a yearly rotor. I don't... And they, and, they clear, and they clearly interrupted that. I swear you just... You're just everyone's just taught in school that if there's an accident, what to do? And fleeing the accident is not what you do. That's fucking. Yeah, the fact the, that but, but, the but the American education system is fuck is fucked. Bro, if you're an American and you're listening and you didn't get taught in school what to do when you have an accident, then oh no, they went they wouldn't have um they wouldn't have had uh, drive safely or like the safety drive sort of lessons. No, yeah, they do. They have driver's ed. Oh. It's actually, it's a, I think it's like a school requirement because they get their licenses while they're still in high school. Oh, so they actually do go to stuff. Well, they would get told. They would get told then. I'm pretty sure a lot of do. schools have it. Have it like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure a lot of high schools have it like connected with the school to have like a driver's ed ah. course. A safe drive, stay alive. That's what it's called. Did you ever have that? <laughs> no. It was the thing we went to in like town. Where all the schools went to, and there was like they did like a presentation. It was in the beach ballroom in Aberdeen. They did like a presentation on um, a bunch of safe drive scenarios with different people like talking. Apart from the fact a lot of people fainted in that room, I just remember there's a. I don't know if it was an actual doctor or a guy pretended to be a doctor for the scenario, but he just went on the stage, and the way he spoke was just so creepy and like funny as fuck because he went on the stage. He was like. I'm gonna be seeing you in hospital. That's you know, as weird. if like, yeah, you're gonna crash, and I'm gonna see you in hospital and watch you in that bed. And I'm like, what? You know the what? Fuck? If anyone, if anything's gonna make me drive safe, that would fucking do it. Because the what? idea of having <laughs> of having someone who said that like towering over me, being like, I knew you would Why? eventually come to me. It's like, that's what we thought. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, this man's expecting us like to crash. I'm going to be driving and I'm going to see in the back of my wing mirror it's him in the car and he sideswipes me and he goes, I told you you'd crash. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. Sorry, um, England and USA drew. <laughs> nil, nil. 
Uh, yeah, well, well, I, uh, Who gets watched James Corden? Who, who gets James Corden? Oh, come on, now. Who gets James Corden? We're Let's talking go. about enough cunts already with Kenyon Brown. Yeah, but we he, don't need to. Oh, you know what? He goes to fucking purgatory. There you go. Yeah, well, I fucking, nah, he you goes, can. He goes to purgatory. You can fight for parts, but uh, get back. Yeah, but... Tw- uh, Beatles. <laughs> 2010. Uh, so in June 2014, Kenya was arrested in Detroit for illegal possession of weapons. He's getting arrested quite a lot of times for having illegal possession of weapons. I feel like they need so, to make sure he doesn't buy any fucking weapons. He's so a, during his detention... He's a fucking he weapon. Co- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you call someone a weapon... That's not a good thing. Well, uh, well, yeah, well yeah, the, la- the lads who con- think it's a compliment and say, oh, I'm a fucking weapon, yeah, you are, in a bad way. Oh yeah, I mean, I was more like a joke sense where it's like, oh yes, if you if if you were like tanking at something, oh I'm a pure weapon. Yeah, but in the majority sense, if someone's a weapon, they are a bit like loopy off the rails. So if someone's a weapon, you're a twat in my opinion. That's basically what I'm trying to call you. Yes. Um. So yeah, during his detention, he called himself he called himself in his dead brother's name and stated he was suffering from a mental disorder. In March 2015, he was recruited by agents of the Bureau for Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, working as an informant for five consecutive years. Based on the provisions of the Armed Career Criminal Act, he was sentenced to life imprisonment. The Armed Career Criminal Act of 1984... ACA, just to explain what it is, is a U.S. federal law that provides sentence enhancements for felons who commit crimes with firearms if they are convicted of certain crimes three or more times. If a felon has three or more prior convictions for offenses that are violent felony offenses or serious drug offenses, the act the act provides a minimum service of 15 years imprisonment instead of the 10-year maximum prescribed under the gun control act the act provides for an implied maximum sentence of life imprisonment uh just thought i'd explain that because i didn't know what it meant because there's a lot of cases you know you read stuff and it's just like this and you don't actually know what it is but however in june 2015 the supreme court recognized some of the law's provisions as unconstitutional due to which Kenyon pleaded guilty and received 21 years imprisonment with a trial period of two years. In February 2017, after serving 14 months in prison, he was released. Yeah, of course he was. But was re-arrested for parole violation in May of that year and returned to prison. Thanks to intervention from the federal agency, however, he was released in July. Over the following years, Kenyon would repeatedly violate, uh, repeatedly violated parole conditions, but each time avoided criminal liability due to his position as an FBI informant. That's fucking Inter- bullshit. Ah, now, nah, but see, it gets juicy with the the way that the people, uh, some of the uh, officers and stuff, uh, explain some quotes. Because in July 2018, he was arrested for drunk driving in Lincoln Park, later testing positive during a drugs test. In January 2019, he was once again arrested for drug intoxication, after which he was ordered to attempt a narcologist regularly by the court. 
He missed four scheduled scheduled sessions, after which an arrest warrant was issued on February 22nd, 2019. Kenyon was arrested a month later and charged with violating his parole. In May, he was prescribed compulsory treatment for drug addictions, after which he was transferred to a drug treatment clinic in Madison Heights, where he spent 21 days and was released on July, uh, sorry, June 12th. Two weeks later, he was arrested in Hazel Park for drunk driving, but quickly released on October 29th due to an intervention by a Detroit police officer serving on a federal task force. At 11.44 a.m. that day, U.S. District Judge Bernard Friedman held the sentencing for Kenyon, but instead of locking him up for repeated violations, Friedman released him at the request of a federal law enforcement agency that wanted him free for reasons not disclosed. This man's getting away too easy! The law is favoring him. No wonder he keeps, like, re-offending, like, because he knows he can just get let out very quickly again. Like, he's obviously doing this because he knows he can get away with it every time. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, there's no point in me trying to sort my life out because I'm just going to be let out of prison anyway. Fuck it, let's go. Mm-hmm. Friedman shit. never mentioned that request in court, though he obliged, telling the defendant that while he was aware that he's had a hard time following the law, as he said, he was going to give him a break there were no objections for the prosecutions. Friedman told Kenyon, I know you have an alcohol problem, and I know some other things are going on in your life right now, which I appreciate, and it's the right thing to do. As a result of that, I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to discharge you from probation, not give you any other time, because I think hopefully you can stay out of trouble. And I think you're doing some of the right things too, and I appreciate that. And I think you're entitled to a break for that. What? Okay, no, come on. Just no. Just all of us. The part was that I think you're doing some of the right things too. And I appreciate that. What's he doing right? This man's in and out of prison. He's not yeah. doing anything right if he's going in, getting out, and then going back in again. Bro, I, I don't... Then, well, then came a warning with Friedman saying to Kenyon... So stay out of trouble. I don't want to see you again. Okay? And obviously, Kenyon stays out of trouble, guys. Ooh, that's the end of the story. No, of course he doesn't stay out of trouble. He gets into more trouble. So that same day, the Detroit police signed him on as an informant. He would work for the Detroit DEA task force, as I mentioned. Chief James Char- James Craig, sorry, said that Kenyon only conducted one operation and that nothing came of it. According to Craig, Kenyon was paid $150 for providing information to law enforcement about drug and gang activity in southwest Detroit, but the information he provided never panned out. Chief James Craig had said that he never knew of Brown's multiple, Kenyon Brown's multiple probation violations, which are publicly available and easy to find on the federal court's so-called PACER system. Craig also said that had he known of these violations, he would never have used Kenyon as an informant. Bullshit. If the information is there, this man going in and out of prison, yeah, he's like... Just, ah, oh, if I had known, I wouldn't have hired him. Well, 
if you're hiring someone, where's the background checks and the conducts oh, the conducting? Uh, believe me, as someone who has had to deal with two people working with them who are who were both paedophiles, companies do not do background checks. Oh, it's bad because this guy, um, you know, he's uh, he's working with the law. I think a background check would be quite necessary in the law. Yeah, you think so, wouldn't you? But no. Uh, no. Well, see, this is where you know too many times getting in and out of the law. Uh, isn't isn't a good sign. Because this is where he turns south, very south. This is where murders start to happen. Because this man just is a fucking cunt. So he began his murders on December 7th, 2019, where he shot multiple times at 31-year-old Laura Hattington, killing her in the area of River Rogue. The motive for the killing remains unclear. So that's one person killed. Shot multiple times, may I add, which would be a horrible way to go. One's bad enough, but multiple times is like, uh, oh, Lord. Oh, yeah, it's a whole nother level. And then, so that's December 7th, 2019. Month later, on January 30th, 2020, he visited some friends from his youth. 48-year-old Dorian Patterson and his brother Gerald, with whom he drank alcohol. After Gerald left the house and went to work, 52-year-old Kimberly Green and 44-year-old Clifton Smith came by the house. Late in the evening, a quarrel occurred, an argument, if you will, between the pair, and Kenyon proceeded to shoot and kill Green and Patterson. He also non-lethally wounded Smith, who managed to leave the crime scene and report the incident to the police. Based on his testimony, and that of Gerald Patterson, Kenyon was put on the law enforcement's most wanted list. Oof. Then, the next month, on February 18th, Kenyon shot dead 49-year-old Garcius Woodyard in Highland Park while trying to rob him. So in the span of three months, he's uh, killed four people. Not good. Yeah, so three. Good. if it's in three months, then he's a serial killer in that regard, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, two days later, after February 18th, 41-year-old Amir Thaxton was shot dead inside of his clothing store in Detroit with his money, valuables, and caravan stolen after. Thaxton was familiar with Kenyon. On the day of the murder... He was recorded visiting him on video surveillance, as well as his car, and on this basis, he became a suspect in his murder. And I'm pretty sure online, as I saw, there was a photo of him in in the actual store. I think if you Google his name, I wonder if I can find it now. Yes. Well, there's video surveillance of him in a shop, which I'm assuming is that one. Mm-hmm. Him looking dead straight at the car. His, do you know what he looks like? Did you look at some images? His face, dead ass. Oh, just... no, I have seen this picture before. Yeah, I've seen that picture before of him on the surveillance camera. Yeah, dead ass. Man just looks dead. 
dead inside. Just the, the face of someone who has evil in their eyes. Yeah, he just doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't. So yes, two days after, Kenyo shot dead 36-year-old Eugene Jennings while trying to steal a car. According to the investigators, he was his last known victim. I mean, this guy... I just can't comprehend that. His crime sprees back in the day were, like, yearly being in and out of prison. And then he goes in a murder series in the span of not even that long. Yeah, that is really like, weird. And his crimes before were never, like... They weren't... As violent? No, but I just... It's the fact that... One, when I when I was researching this, I was like, the law's fucked up bad. Like, repeat criminals is like, you know. And we're not saying that some criminals will do crimes and they'll come out a better person out of, out of prison. But for some folk, if you let them off too much, it gets it gets worse. And the fact that the law hired this man to help them and then he goes on a murder spree... It's just like, what the fuck? Like, there are no background checks, and then, like, I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, this man's been to prison multiple times. He's not just done one crime and then been arrested prison. That's it. He's gone to prison multiple times, so that's definitely logged somewhere that oh, this yeah, man has 100%. gone to prison. You know when, like, names kind of stick out? I guess in, like, that work department in Detroit, it was like, oh, so you went to prison? Oh, is it Kenyon Brown again? Yep. Ah. Oh. Typical Kenyon Brown. It's like, you know, it's not just like no one knows the name. I'm assuming the, D the Detroit Police uh, Department and stuff kind of knew him as like a repeat person. And then for them to hire him and to trust him, and then he goes on a murderous spree. It's just kind of like this yeah. stab in the back of just like, I helped Jews, but now I'm killing innocent people. Fuck's sake. I mean, our law's not perfect, but like, God, if something like this happened here, I'd be questioning the police service heavily. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the police is probably different in all areas. I don't know what it's like in in Detroit, but it doesn't, it doesn't give a state a good reputation if the police were... You know, like in some of the cases we did previously, like I got really annoyed when folk would like, knock on the door, but they wouldn't do that thorough of a search in the person's house to see if someone was like in there. I feel like it's on that level of just like not searching the guy for history, his uh, the his history enough to be like you're a Peter Fender in prison. You ain't getting, you ain't getting hired. So yeah, according to investigators, he was his last known victim. James Craig said that the Detroit police removed uh, Kenyon as an informant on February third after learning that Brown was a person of interest in a double homicide the day before. So that double homicide being the one of killing Green and Patterson. Now, they must have been shitting it at the police station to be like, oh, fuck. Hear about the informant? Yeah, he's suspected in doing a double homicide. Fuck. The person who genuinely said, oh, I didn't know all that stuff must have been fucking shitting it. And then the fucking freedman. Uh, in the court, with the in the court of just, 
I know you have an alcohol problem and some other things going on in your life right now, which I appreciate. And the right thing to do as a result of that, I'm going to give you a break. Oh. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat on you. Oh, shit. He's just double homicided. You tit. Fucking. You know, I understand this pressure with people in courts and stuff to make the right decision. But it's this man's clown been a clown and fucked up. So Craig said, someone uh, quoted saying, Someone should have alerted us that there were problems because clearly we would have not wanted to work with an individual who violated conditions of his release. I mean, I don't think anyone would want to work with someone who's committed a double homicide yeah, and is a murderer. Not, oh, yeah, he just broke the terms of his release. Like, what about all the other shite that he did? You can't overlook that. Like, you, you know, someone you worked with just committed on homicide. You can't. It's, it's just like your trust for that person's just gone. Oh yeah. But, 100%. Uh, Craig's claim doesn't make sense for Keith Corbett, a former federal prosecutor who dealt with informants as chief of the organized crime and racketeering for the U.S. Attorney's Office for twenty years. Keith Corbett says he's skeptical that police didn't know about Kenyon's repeated probation violations. As he said, when you're dealing with informants, you're not dealing with choir boys. They had to know that he was involved in a lot of criminal activity in order to have any reason to expect that he would be a decent informant. And Kenyon's parole violation should have not been difficult to spot. I mean, yeah, he's not going to be a decent informant if he's a man that's got criminal activity. No wonder, like... The information he gave about the drug stuff was kind of just like came to nothing. I mean, I find that weird though. Like, they might they probably would have talked. Well, if they didn't know anything about him, it's it's kind of like fucked at the fact that, like this guy was done for quite uh, a few drug possession things back in the day. So them being like, do you know anything about drugs? And he's just sitting there being like, yeah, I think I know a thing or two. I could point you in the right direction. Them not knowing that he's been arrested for drug possession and was probably a dealer and was probably growing it at one point whatever drugs it was crystallizing it or whatnot mm. you know using a criminal for advantage if they will because if they knew about his past and they used him as an advantage because he had a criminal past i don't know how i feel about that yeah i don't either that that seems a bit weird but like you know, in the case beforehand where we did like Ed Kemper, where it's like using his brain to oh, pick at, yeah. pick it in that sense of like, I want to know how you think. Yeah, it's kind of on that level of a bit like, eh, I can see where you're going with this, but no, don't really feel about that. I love the I love the term as well. I said when you're dealing with informants, you're not dealing with choir boys. What? What? Yes. So uh, Corb also said. For law enforcement to claim that they weren't aware of what kind of guy he was, they had to have known as much as they can. What's his record? What does he know? In 9 of 10 cases, your informants are the same guy. Everybody knew he was a bad boy. Bad boy? Corbett, who is now a criminal defense attorney, said that when he first heard about Kenyon's alleged killing spree, he felt that someone failed to properly monitor him. I thought somebody screwed up, Corbett said, adding the informants are supposed to be monitored by the agencies that use them, 
it would seem to me that was being done that wasn't being done in this case. Corbett explained that when law enforcement want to use an ex-convict as an informant, they sometimes seek to have them discharged from supervised release so they can use them criminal situations to bust others. Use them criminal situations to bust others. For example, when someone's on probation or supervised release, they are not allowed to have any contact with other known felonies or engage in any criminal activity. But when a judge removes them from federal custody and ends the probation term, the informant is free to work freely with law enforcement and engage in activities with criminals that would otherwise be forbidden, such as undercover drug buys, which I'm assuming he did with the telling them where the drugs were. Corbett said that what's likely happened in Kenyon's case, law enforcement wanted to use him in ways that the terms of his probation didn't allow, so they got him off the books. By discharging him from supervised release, it made it easier for him to be officially involved in that activity. I don't think anyone had a real expectation that he was going to go off the rails like this. This is a horrible tragedy. We are going to do everything in our power to get to the bottom of this, uh, said U.S. Attorney Matthew Schneider. Um, Kenyal Brown was a law enforce informant for a period of time, and we have been, and currently are, working closely with our law enforcement partners to determine exactly what happened. Schneider added, it's also our obligation to act as transparently as we can in a responsible manner by obtaining the facts. The family of the victims deserve nothing less. Snyder also contested claims that a law enforcement agency requested that a judge release Brown and keep him out of custody, saying, I have seen no evidence of that. It appears that when informant Brown was handed off to the task force, there was no discussion about his history, Craig said, adding, It's troubling, because now we have six victims. It was clear that he had a significant drug problem, and he spiraled out of control. Maybe to the drugs, maybe not, but, you know, a lot of folk in this case are basically saying, they sh the, the, the people knew about this. Someone knew. They should have known this before hiring this man. Someone and then he it. does these killings and they let him off the book like, whoops, I didn't know. And for a community in like River Row, it's not that big, like the Detroit area, doesn't give your trust in the police department very much. Oh, God, no. But, yeah, you know, I, I just don't think how this stuff can kind of slip out of the eye, if you will. But... There's not much evidence on how the murders were committed, but it's probably just shot and stabbed them. Um, nothing too gruesome, but like needless murders, may I say. Um, but in quick succession, which I was quite surprised about, uh, to be fair. Which, um, yeah. But um, on February 24th of 2020, it's not long ago, Kenya was seen visiting an adult bookstore in Oak Park. I think that might be the one the photo's from. I'm not sure, because in that photo... No, that's not an adult bookstore. It says adult bookstore. What does that exactly mean? Eh. Porn. Is that what it does? It mean porn? porn. Yes. Yeah. 
I wonder if adult bookstore meant like heavier books. No, they just sell those in Waterstones. They just label the rest of the stuff for kids. It's porn. Wait, you can get porn in Waterstones? You can't. No, no, I'm saying like ad- like books aimed at adults are put in a completely different section and they put them down by genre. Whereas if it's for anything like kids or teenagers, they put them in a section that just says kids and teenagers. The rest of the stuff in the entire shop is for adults, basically. Whereas if they're saying adult books, it's meaning porn. Oh, okay. I thought so, but my mind was like, eh. But when you said, like, Waterstones, I was thinking, there's not porn in Waterstones. I've been, I'm a book fanatic. I have been in Waterstones, but I haven't seen any porn, so I was clearly not not looking for that. But yeah, he's, he's, he's in an adult bookstore um, yeah. in Oak Park, if you want to go visit that one, if you will. Because that's how he spent his time. But yeah, he was identified by two employees who called the police. That's what. <laughs> Getting caught in the porn. Porn bookshop, what a place. So, um, Kenyon was uh, unable to escape in time as the police soon cornered off several blocks and began a search operation to detain him. He attempted to sneak away by moving through houses but was spotted by tenants. I guess I can imagine, like, the uh, hot fuzz chase scene in the back gardens, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, do you ever watch the, the cop shows on the telly? When that yeah. is like, they have to corner the back gardens like we know they're in that house like people I love the fact that criminals think they're so good at hiding they are not they are shit some of them manage to get away but like in a case like this you know he didn't think he'd get spotted but when he does he's like oh I'll nip behind the houses they won't see me I'll hide in a bush cops aren't silly they have the choppers they have the cars and everything so when I see it on the telly and they just find them hiding under like the mattress in a house it and they find them it's kind of just like well that was a shit hiding spot I always love it when they find them in stupid places it's like creative uh, but at the same time why yeah the things people do to like escape is quite nuts I find but yeah he was there uh, Unable to escape, so he's attempting to sneak away by moving through houses, but was spotted by tenants, after which he was surrounded by law enforcement officers in the backyard. Picture that, if you will. Drop down on the floor. So, um, while trying to detain himself, have a guess what Kenyal did. Oh, God. What did he do? He attempted suicide. By shooting himself in the head. Um... I, I mean, I'm not surprised. He seems like the type of person that just couldn't be bothered. Like, if he couldn't, he seems like the type of person that's like, right, fuck it. If, if, uh, you're gonna catch me, you ain't gonna get any evidence out of me. Boof, I'll dial, I'll dial, I'll die, save the thingy, uh, the the court trial and everything like that. Which, um, don't get why they go to suicide, but he actually did manage to remain alive. Um, which is surprising because if you get shot in the head, um, I would assume your chances of surviving are pretty short, depending on where you get shot. I'm no brain expert, but yeah, he remained alive. But uh, sadly, due to complications, he died four days later on February 28th. And yeah, he's. He's passed away, so not much more can come out of that. I'm not sure what happened elsewhere for the families or whatnot, but um, it's obviously made news. 
and it's recent and well, I guess yeah, he's born in a normal grave. But uh, took took the easy way out, some might say, just to, you know, if you can't take or handle all the um, stress and pain of going to prison and shit, just fucking shoot yourself in the head. But yeah, he does that, and uh, he died four days later on February 28th. So there's no more of Kenyon Brown. Well, um, and... Um, yeah, and it relates back to what I said earlier. The Metro Detroit serial killer, oh, Metro, I don't know why. There's nothing to relate to trains or nothing that I know of. So why have that nickname? Usually serial killers get the nicknames because it's something to do with them or the area. But It's not um, the media who makes them, who makes their nicknames. It just makes no sense, though. Like... Why? Oh yeah, sometimes they sometimes they make a whole lot of sense, and sometimes they just don't. God knows why. But if mm. you're gonna give a serial killer a nickname, give it a really shit. Give them a really shit one, because some of them just sound too cool, and then they think they're a big shot. So we need to, if we're gonna give serial killers nicknames in the media, we need to make it. So when they glorify, them glorifying it though. Well, yeah, that's why if we're gonna give them nicknames, we need to give them ones where it makes them feel tiny. So. um... Like, I would have just called the Golden State Killer Sandpaper Dick. Sandpaper McDick, because he was oh. also a hefty boy. I would have just done that. That That's what I would call him. Richard Ramirez, uh, uh, Dirty McRotten Mouth. Um, <laughs> Ted Bundy, uh, Mr. Defo Gets Pegged. Um, it's funny, because there's an ad for Ted Bundy here. And as you said that, I'm like, what the... Yeah, he does look like Jeffrey, he'd get it. Jeffrey Dahmer, um, Creepy McPitcher Man. Um, just shit like that. Just give them stuff that's just so freaking boring and shite that they don't think... It makes them look really uncool because they are really uncool. So we need to make them look really uncool. It just make them look like a piece of shite. And I think that's what we need to start doing from now on. You're going to give them nicknames. Make it shit. Don't make it cool. Because they're not, yeah. they're not gonna be happy, are they? They're gonna be, they're gonna be so pissed off. They're gonna be like, "Why the fuck am I getting a cool nickname?" Because you're not cool. You're a twat. That's why. Yeah, I, t- I just don't get that though. It seems like you're glorifying them in a bit of a way, but you know, give them a, you get like people have nicknames to to like stick out and remember themselves. Like, oh, that's the person that had that nickname. You know, Ozzy Osbourne, Prince of Darkness. You know, what? Oh. Give, you know what? That's like a good thing. Give them a nickname as if they were in one of your Facebook Messenger chats. Like, give them one of those nicknames. Basically, a load of shite. Wait, hang on. So if, if we were going to do that, if I uh, just do it right now then, I guess. What are the nicknames in one of the chats I have? The names were funny at one point. Nicknames. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> I am Weegy. you can't going to give me the nickname Weegy. You can't give me that. Especially that's copyrighted. Oh, a lot of them are, a lot of them are just Pokemon. So that, that, that doesn't... We need to take inspiration oh, no. from that. It was Pokemon, and then it was... Uh, is it How I Met Your Mother? What's the, what's the show that has, like, Barney and all that? How I Met Your Mother. Oh, it is, yeah. They had that for some reason, so I changed my name. And we've got Daddy. Daddy Gengar. Yeah, no, but no, I'm Ouija, so you can't really call me that. But no, if you went by what some of the old Facebook Messenger chat nicknames were, then yes. I don't know what yours were, Lauren, but there's some 
really wacky ones. My current mine. level, right? Let's see what mine is right now, because I've got. I mean, yeah, do on. this along if you want to as well. Right. So <laughs> let's see. Right. There's one in with the people that I tend to go to download festival with. What? Which? What's my name in that? Uh, okay, that's not the right thing. Nicknames, there it is. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia is. Is that you? Yeah, that's in one of them. And then my other one, it is Sherbert Lauren. Why is it? Because, right, right, because I don't know why my mum's doing it. Do you like dib dabs? Is that why? I used to, I'm not gonna lie, that's pretty much the reason why. But it's because so my mum um absolutely adores one of my best one of my best friends. Like and so she tagged me and him in this thing. I don't know why she is doing this. She's doing it to wind me up, I can tell. But she she tagged me and him in this uh poll. She's been like, Oh, it's this new dessert bar that's opening and I went, Mum, you used to ban me from having sugar as a kid because I got too fucking hyper. What the hell are you doing? And she replied well, what? I got too hyperactive if I, if I had too much sugar, like most kids. Wait, she used to have, like When you were younger, you were uh, you were like electric but you were hyper hyper. What? I was hyper hyper Yeah. So but then I said I commented on that. I commented that, and then me and my mate Sam were just going back and forth, saying, "No, nah, we're, we're we're never hyperactive. We're really chilled. We're really calm. We're the most like chilled out ones of the group." When realistically, we get we definitely got some form of undiagnosed ADHD, both of us. And um, my mum replied back, going, "Oh shit! Oh Sherbert Lauren, do you remember Sherbert Lauren?" And then now Sam started calling me Sherbert Lauren because my mum used to base if I got Sherbert, I used to just throw away the um lollipop and just eat the sherbet out of the bag and um get ridiculously hyperactive really piss everyone off with it to a point where my mum used to confiscate it and then throw it in the bin or put it to the back of cupboards because i was really Ooh. annoying her someone get someone on my 16th birthday one of my friends got me a bunch of dib dabs and she saw the packaging before i even properly saw it and grabbed it and went no and legged it i was like oh fuck I so that would it, be your circular nickname yeah i found it two weeks later and inhaled all of it like i just had all the sherbet and she realized it when i was practically staring out of like wide eyes just shaking from a sugar rush and she was like oh fuck's sake <laughs> ah so if anyone's listening and you somehow cross past lauren do not feed the gremlin Sherbert. It's like feeding a gremlin after mi- after midnight, yeah. It really is. You know, she goes from gizmo to spike. It's yeah. just like, don't don't give her the Sherbert. But <laughs> fuck it. You, you, that's your nickname, and I am Weegy, I guess. I don't know what my other ones are. I dread to think. Um, oh, they're probably something silly. But yes. I mean, that doesn't really make sense to me, because Weegy is a, the, the Luigi funny character. But yeah. Nicknames for the serial killers are all... Well, some of them don't even get them, but I didn't understand the Metro Detroit. But it's everywhere, and it's on all the sites, because I'm actually just found a clip now. Um, Because I'm watching just a video right now of Dashcam footage of them catching up to him. So according to this video here at the end, there's like a white fenced area, and they're kicking down a door... He's wanted for like five homicides. Uh, I'm laughing because they're using the deadest foot with him. I'm not laughing at the five homicides part. There's a man. Wait, oh, so there's actual audio footage where there's a woman saying, "There's a man jumping in my back back garden." 
Wait. I don't know if you can... Can you hear the gunshot? No. Oh, the, the ambulance, like, comes, but... Imagine that, though. Like, you're in... Say you're in your back garden, and then just some fucking cunt cunts up in your garden. You're like, who the fuck are you? And the police are fucking, like, there. I'd shit it. You know... I shit it when sometimes the male people come in here because recently I had a, a guy come around and deliver mail to the studio mm. I'm in right now and he opened the door and I turned around and I went hello and he went oh sorry 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 he's like uh, oh, sorry sorry as if I was watching something dodge in my PC I like turned around and I'm like it's only I only had like internet explore no not internet explore I only had like Google Chrome up but the guy like shot himself and then I thought to myself like Imagine if that was a serial killer that just like fucking ran in my garden, opens my studio, sees me there, and I'm just like, who the fuck are you? And I just don't suspect it's them. No, also, no. that person got their fence kicked down, but he was hiding literally just behind the white fence. You can't see it, but he's basically, they, they kick it down. It's like, it's a fence that's just on the side of like a road. Because you know how sometimes US houses are, where like someone's fencing, you could see walking down the side of the... um like a street yeah. uh, I know because the streets in the US are a bit wide but then there's like the, 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 the patch of grass and then the back garden or the fencing so they just kicked that shit down and I didn't hear the gunshot I didn't hear the gunshot wound but I didn't know there was actually any body cam footage I'm just seeing it now she probably should have uh, probably should have known that earlier but yeah you can watch that if you will but um, yeah there's um, not much more information I found on Kenny Brown but it's a recent case 2020 yeah. is quite recent. Very, very recent, yeah. So, um, it's uh, and it's never good, I may add, that, like, fi- like this guy's, like, done for five homicides, and five homicide stuff's still happening in 2020. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh, God, yeah. Um, you know, every day you turn on the news, and, like, we mentioned it as well, or you mentioned it for some of the more recent cases... Um, if you want actually more recent cases, we can do them because I I I get enjoyment out of the older ones, but the newer ones as well because um, it's just like kind of a fresh sort of like oh shit this happened recently, but you mentioned it recently of some of the ones that are being in the UK or some of the cases going on about some some things happening right now. And we we covered the one on the sh- uh, the shooting recently. Oh yeah, and the Nicholas Cruz thing. Yes. And it's horrible that this stuff still, like, seems to never stop and keeps expanding that uh, the occurrences of this stuff happening. So um, it's not never a good sign. And it's never a good sign around here. Not that stuff happens much here, but whenever I see it on the news for, like, ITV for some of the cases, um, especially like, the Lucy Letby one. Oh, God, yeah, that's fucking me up. Um, I don't know what's happening with that, but... When that was on the telly, I was like, oh, no, this is the last thing we want happening around here, and it's so fucked, so... If anyone does know of, like, any cases um, in the local area that's like, hey, could you cover this one? This one had information on it. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't, like, just pending, but if yeah. there's ones that are pending, because did we ever discuss what happened with the shooting? Uh, yeah, I made a little mini bonus one after... Uh... Oh, okay. I didn't listen to that. It's only Oops. like well, it's only like a few seconds. The only reason why I did it was it was like a couple minutes long, just to be like, I understand how recent this case is. So if you are uncomfortable by it, uh, or if you are going to listen to it, this is what just be bear in mind that how recent this case is, kind of thing. Just like a before you listen to the episode, listen to this first. 
kind of thing. And I explained the verdict. Uh, yeah, he got life in prison. He got life in prison without the possibility of parole. Thank God. Fucking horrible. But no, uh, I, I don't need to do an update on this one because the guy's passed away. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, what did you think of this? I thought it was interesting. Definitely interesting one. Especially the fact that you managed to get away with stuff for yeah, that's why time. when I saw it, I was like, it caught my eye when it was like, prison, released, prison, released. I'm like, no, there's no way a man can be going in prison and get released and then work for... One thing that I'm finding services. really, like, this is kind of mad, um, but... Because obviously in America right now, there's a lot of um, police brutality against minorities, especially people of colour. And with this case, can we, we can definitely say that Kennel Brown is... Well, he was a black man and mm-hmm. committing all these crimes. And he was getting away with it, which is something that you don't really see, but it's... Yeah, um... Just to, it's just to say that that, that that's something you never really, you never really see. Yeah, that's what I kind of found interesting as well. Not, I mean, it it's very bad. We're going based to... on the fact that a lot of police brutality is obviously very very fucking high and it's disgusting, especially in America. It is increasingly high in the UK. It, it, it's oh. still kind of high in the UK. It's kind of high, but America's on a different fucking level with it. And yeah, this was this is just something that I guess if you kind of didn't know the case in a whole and you spoke to someone about it the last thing that they that you would expect to to think you wouldn't you wouldn't imagine him as a black male you'd imagine him as a white man Fair yeah way. at this point america's given them a sales a very bad stereotype and a norm yes yeah. which is why cases like this are, are you know in my mind when i read this like case i was thinking Wow, because my mind was just thinking of the stereotype of what America is and how this doesn't fit the stereotype, and it's a very bad thing to have to have that thought. Is, but do you know what it has proven to me? If we're going, we're not going to go into like no, no stereotypes with the police and everything because some police officers obviously can be great, but they're not. There's a very very it, high it can number. depend on the area. Yeah, if you know a, your area very, well, you'll know if your police is. There's a very high number of police that are pieces of shit, and that's that's not like like that's not a hidden thing um we've seen it over here we saw a couple years ago with that young girl who was murdered on a walking home and the person who murdered her in the end was actually a police officer who was being a police officer and tried to falsely arrest her and then ended up murdering her because that was his sole intention and we've seen it in america multiple times with police officers where they have just seen a black child teenager who is technically a child or just anyone who is a person of color and just immediately assume that they were a criminal because you fit the e fit when 99 percent of the time they fucking don't and it's just an excuse because they think that every single person who's black is carrying a gun which isn't fucking true but one thing that we can kind of agree on the um a lot of police forces are fucking dipshits Oh yes, um, that's where I was going. Ne- that police officers, well, not police officers. A lot of police forces can be fucking idiots and dipshits when it comes to leading investigations. 
I never like to debtor anyone's ability in the job they do, but in cases like this, it, it does make times. you wonder how stuff slips through the cracks when you're on a job that's of very high importance. I feel like every single case that we cover on this podcast, it's always, every single time, it's the police fucked up with this, the police fucked up with this, the police fucked up with this. And it's a constant fucking thing. And with this one especially, they royally fucked up. Because if anyone's going to do a background check on anyone, it would be someone, it would be the police who are bringing someone into their team. You are bringing an individual into your team, you have to do a fucking background check. I mean, like I said, places that I've worked and they didn't do a background check and all I had to do was Google their fucking name and the articles popped up like out of fucking nowhere. It took two seconds. And the fact that, because we don't have employers don't have especially in the uk don't have access to criminal records we don't have access to the sex offenders register stuff like that that's not public to people in the uk i know in america it's a bit more public there is a few sites that you can i well they're not they're not regularly updated though that's no but there was a few sites i did see from tiktok where it was like um registered sex offenders in the area but i think it was like another site where people had uploaded stuff or data themselves but it's not the official. Yeah, but like, this is what I mean. It's not common knowledge. Whereas, so if you're an employer, it's very difficult for you to get that level of background check. But a lot of the times, it's just googling the name and seeing what you can find before you hire them. But these guys were in the police force. They, so you have the ability to look further into their background than any of us can do, especially yeah. with the FBI. Yeah, you have the ability to look into these people on a very, very high scale. And also, you're bringing in an informant because they would be an expert in this kind of field. Why are you not questioning why they're an expert when they've had no form of training in the police force or in anything of that capacity anyway? You know they've got no experience in it. So why are the actual living hell? And you're not going, how do they know so much stuff? And looking properly into how they might know. I don't know. I mean, like, if you have the access to that stuff, use it. You oh, know, yeah. please get access to stuff that the general public don't get. I mean, like, as a member of the general public, if I could get access to something I know I wasn't supposed to, I would be looking at that because I'd be like, whoa, what's this? I get to see this. You know what I mean? I do that weirdly at work sometimes. I know it's maybe a sad thing, but sometimes, like, at work, it's like, for the first time, it was like, right, you can go into this room. I was like, yes, because I'm like, not everyone gets to go into that room. So I feel privileged to have the access to go in there. Yeah, I get what you mean. You know, and I know it's not on the level of this, but, like, if you're a police person and you can check the history of someone, why wouldn't you? Because if you don't check it, and then what comes to what's they were a criminal or stuff happened in the past, you're hiring someone for a pretty high-level job. And it's not like you're hiring someone to just cut your grass. You don't need to check on that. But this is someone that's going to be working for you. But, ayo... They didn't, and they screwed up, so... Exactly. You know, if the police is bad, it could just be that area. Maybe the whole of the Detroit Police Department's not bad, but in this case, look what happened, so... You don't fucked up. Yeah, they did don't fuck up, but... They fucked up. Might not have been everyone, but, you know, when you go... If you go afterwards, oh, we didn't know, whoopsie, whoopsie... This isn't a whoopsie. It's a big uh oh. You fuck, fuck, fucked up. Cunt, cut a cunt, 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 cunt. 
Yeah, they can't even use the whole, like, how were we meant to know? I don't know, look in your records. Fucking hell, yes! Oh, wow. Well. Like, this you probably should do it for everyone, but then again, the other police and most police officers, and there's a bit about times where you find out some police officers have previous and they've just never looked it up. Yeah, and I mean, look what happened in this one. He's, you know, the amount of people that he unnecessarily killed. He didn't need to kill any of these, but if he hadn't been let out of prison those times before, you know, he wouldn't have done this in my, my eyes, but, you know. I mean, yeah. But yeah, I guess that is the case of Kennel Brown. Kennel Brown. Yeah. Yeah. So let us know uh, what you think of, you know, the balance of like newer cases for the older ones. I've just realised I just tend to pick a lot of newer cases. Well, I've done some. I've done some old ones, but you know, there may not be as much a lot of information. But I feel like maybe with the newer ones, you might know them. Or you might not know them, and because it's so recent, you thought, oh, did I miss this? Because there's so much stuff, crime that's happening on a daily basis that you can't keep up with all of it. Yeah. But yeah, thank you guys for listening uh, to our, I guess, 1,000 stream episode, I guess. But thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for... for Keep on listening. Yes, let's go to 2,000. Let's get to the 2,000 mark. Let's keep going. Let's keep making this number go higher and higher and higher. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you again next week for another True Crime Friday. I think I might pick next week's, you know? Yay! I've got, I've got the time to research next week, so I might as well. But yeah, okay. We'll see you guys next week. Hope you have a good weekend. Hope you have a good whatever you're doing, and we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.